0: Testing, testing. There we go. Okay, that's what we're looking for. Okay. Finally. All right. So, how do you want to... Did you guys have an intro before, or was it just kind of... I remember. What it was, was right. He had, like,
1: the voice, like, a little music background, and I was like, uh, you know, welcome to talking or training, or what was it, talking Target points with the training center, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah so yeah he had
2: like a little thing make,
0: make up your own now yeah, okay. so where did
1: that Alpha like I don't know that electrical Alpha logo Tate made from? that I'm gonna tell Tate to make yeah
0: I told Tate that he should like really think about making more of those for I'll, the, I'll the people I'll test
1: them after because that would be good to just, at the end of the paper, just, you seen that Alpha well,
0: one well
2: the other, I mean the other one is Salky versus Henry's that he put together was pretty cool too
1: Henry's thing is our highest hit of the year. The one that, that's that got you.
2: Have you seen? i it. You, oh, see? you seen it yet? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like this cool like world, and like, it zooms in, and then it like goes right to and it's KPI's logo, and it like is, is it's pretty. Cool. That stuff's
0: cool. I really, I'm yeah. I'm working on that stuff. Like in my free time, I'll do that stuff. But it's like it's hard. Really, it's hard. Yeah, it yeah. takes so much time, like yeah. to be so meticulous. It's yeah. it's crazy. I'll touch that after Okay. All right. So one, two, three. Uh, hello everybody, welcome to Talking Points with KPI. For those of you who don't know what KPI is, KPI stands for Kinetic Performance Institute. Uh, I am sitting down with the main two people in KPI. I will let them introduce themselves now.
1: I'm right, President of KPI, kind of overseeing the business and systematic side of things.
0: I'm Dan Wooling, Director of Strength and Conditioning, uh,
2: you know, operations, making sure everything's running on the floor.
0: Uh, for those of you who don't know who I am, I am Noah Dobbin. I work a company called Nomad VFP. I have recently been signed with KPI and I am very happy to continue all this content and you guys are going to get a lot more uh, from KPI. Very uh, a good talking point for us to start with is where did KPI start from?
1: It's kind of an interesting story and, and it's still evolving, but um, you know, individually we, we had our own things going on and then we we kind of merged. So you know, I started dub baseball nine years ago in, in Morgan Hill. Not with any kind of grand vision on what it was going to be, just that we started. We, we started with, you know, the first thing was August of 2012. We started with a summer camp, and I think we had 13 kids there. And then uh, we just ran some different stuff throughout the fall. Uh, one thing led to the next. Uh, I said we're never going to start teams, and then a few months later we were doing teams. And then I said we're never going to have an indoor facility because it was bad business. And a few months later we had our first indoor facility, which was in a uh, hollowed-out barn uh, in rural Morgan Hill. Um, that had two tunnels, and everyone told me I was crazy for trying to open there, uh, and then the evolution took us to our, our last location before KPI, uh, where um, we were upstairs above a, a gymnastics uh, center, and it was uh, 118 degrees most days with, uh, with no AC, um, and then, you know, Dan came along, and, and he'll talk about his side, but, you know, he, he kind of approached me, and he just moved back to California from Wisconsin, and said, hey, like, I wanna do strength and conditioning with baseball players and, and here's my resume and, and uh, you know I, at, at that point in time, I had done all of our strength and conditioning with our older athletes and uh, kinda of just, I guess, contracted out Dan, for lack of a better term, the, to kinda of run it and he gained uh, our trust and just slowly but surely, we we, um, we kinda of handed handed over the reins to him and then he was building his own business at the same time um, and then uh, it got to the point where it was like, okay, like. It, We were existing separately, but super intertwined. So then it was like, you know, what are we doing? And so I think you know you can probably take over your side of things from there.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the this all started. I'd been working in another facility out in Wisconsin. I helped open. uh, Well, I helped open a baseball academy before that. That one failed, and then transition to this other facility was more just S and C for for baseball specifically, and then softball. Uh, And then I helped bring throwing programs to that uh, by using driveline, high-level throwing, a couple different programs that are out there, Uh, and it just came to the point where it was time to move back to California, and so I had reached out to my father-in-law, a local dentist. My wife was a dentist also, Uh, and I was just like, hey, this is what I want to do. What what do you suggest? I had sat down with a couple different facilities, uh, a couple different baseball academy owners, um, and just kind of got a lay of the land. I had a phone call with Doug Robb, and... He connected with Eric and was like, hey, you, know, you sound like philosophically heavily aligned with what he's doing, what he's trying to build, and, and I think you should just go check it out. It's down in Morgan Hill. I, I had no clue. Uh, I grew up in Southern California. So so I, you
0: guys had never had any communication prior to you coming to California? Correct. Concert. correct.
2: Yeah, I, I grew up in Southern California. Mm-hmm. So like the concept of Morgan Hill versus San Jose, um, you know, a lot of people, oh, it's such a long drive. It's 20 minutes. Yeah. In my mind, in Orange County, everything takes 20 minutes to get there. So I'm like, oh, this is easy. It's not a big deal. Uh, so I sat down with Eric. I think the, at least from my recollection, the, the piece that really got him dialed is, okay, I've been building up arm care and lifting and speed and I have one kid who shows up. He's also my best athlete. Uh, like And I was like, okay, I specialize in buy-in. Like that is the most important component in this process is getting kids bought into working hard, you know, give me the opportunity to, to build my own business. And that was a big thing for me. I'd been an employee up until that point and I, I really understood what it meant to be an employee, but I wanted to be my own boss, uh, and try and build my own thing. And that's where ID3 training, uh, kind of came, came to be. So,
0: yeah. So, uh, kind of ID3 and dub. So kind of going back on the concept of KPI, where did that name originate from and why, like, why did it come about? What was the mission statement that you wanted to get across when people read KPI and saw Kinetic Performance Institute?
1: It was definitely, it's, it's, it was just like everything else that's happened. It was super organic. So, we were, like I said, we were existing and we are getting very intertwined with what we were doing, but we were still separate entities. Um, and then our lease was coming up in a few months. Yeah. And so there was almost like a, a little bit of a forced issue, like, hey, like, we might have to move out of this building. We're doing this kind of program and we're going a certain direction, but there was confusion. Like, you didn't know when you walked into our building, uh, who's the boss, Dan or Eric, yeah. uh, is, is it Dub or is id 3 who do I pay, like, like so, you know, those two, Dynamics kind of forced us to have a conversation as far as like, hey, like, does it make sense to drop both names and make this a different thing that um, that stood for something different? No teams, you know, no only, no only training like like one system mm-hmm. that that worked together. Um, and then once we kind of got our head wrapped around that, that that's the direction we were going to go. Then it was about building the brand. And we, we uh, with our old staff, we actually went through a series of workshops to build the KPI brand, even, even the name. We didn't have the name KPI. That actually came from our facilities manager, Kaylin, because we were kicking, kicking around names. So we had this series of workshops where we just talked about some different topics, and Dan and I had like a game plan to go into this. And, and it was super organic and, and, and flowing, and we, we, we built the KPI brand. We built our mission statement. We
2: built our values. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say the, uh, I had shared a book with him that I had read, Preparing to Start 'ninety three it was called Blue Ocean Strategy, Mm -hmm. Uh, and inherently with both travel baseball and a gym, you have pros and cons, just like any business, and uh, the the, the main theme of Blue Ocean Strategy is, okay, how can we take the pros of each entity and combine them to make something new? where uh, the pro of a baseball academy is, yeah, you need to play baseball. You need to go out and compete, you need to work on your skill development, you need to be a good pitcher, and you need to know first and thirds and bunties. we need to know all that stuff. But travel ball is divisive, right? The a big reason of, of the rebranding was everyone, that's the dub facility. Or, or um, you know, oh, we, we don't go there because of for whatever reason, right? Travel ball is divisive. The, the downside of, of the training is you can make an athlete bigger, faster, stronger, but they can't hit an eighty to eighty-five mile an hour fastball, or they can't throw strikes, or they can't—they're not good on the field, or they tweak their back because they're trying to chase a deadlifting PR. Yeah. That also doesn't help that athlete. And so, the core premise I think for our mission statement is we want to do what's best for the athlete, and we have to set our egos aside. Uh, and I think from a business standpoint. Um, you know, we, we do that through the actions of, okay, yeah, we put the athletes' needs at first. We left our egos at the door and said, hey, the best thing for the athletes in this area is KPI. Yeah. It's not just ID3. It's not just a baseball. It's this new thing that we, we want to grow. Yeah.
0: And so, I mean, I see I've been working here for two weeks now and being able to see you guys. You guys have a little different business structure than most training facilities. Kind of go into that a little bit.
1: I mean, if, if I'm being ultra honest, um, there, there's two sides to that. What Dan just said, putting the athletes first, always doing what's best for the athlete, like that's been the business model for nine years. Like, truly, like, I, I've been confident, like, oh man, you have such a good business model, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, that's the business model. And, and that, are we going to buy a hit tracks? Yes, because that's best for the athletes. Let's figure out how to do it. Are we going to hire a full time strength coach? Yes, that's what's best for athletes. Let's figure out how to get that done. So, that's been the business model. There is a business model being built now. Um, but part of our mission statement is to provide as much value as possible. So that's where we're different. When we sit down and show people our facility and we go through an assessment and we talk about everything, and then we tell them that price people's job, rock, that it's as cheap as it is. And it's not because we're not providing great, it's just it, it is inherently who we are to provide value.
2: Yeah, I think the, 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 the structure is set to, to be as uh, similar to like a collegiate or a professional feel where every athlete comes in, we run a semi-private training environment. And what that does uh, is it allows us to work with more athletes, uh, but it significantly drops the price that you're going to to pay, where you know our price point is, is between 30 and, and $60 per session. And you're gonna be in, the, the session, in, in our facility for at least 90 minutes, if not uh, upwards of two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. We don't kick any athletes out either too. Right. If you're gonna be here and you're gonna work and you're gonna get better, we want you in our facility as much as possible. Um, and for as long as possible. Uh, and because we know the athletes that are in our facility doing our training, they usually get the best results.
1: It's a, it's a one-stop shop. Yeah. You don't need a personal trainer and a hitting coach and, and, and a nutritionist. Like You can literally walk in our building and get everything you need for your development while also having the most technology available to, to you while in a family kind of team-style environment. We don't have teams in here, but it feels like the KPI crew is a team, and that's definitely intentional.
2: I think that that's where that KPI... I don't know why we went with KPI is the, the, the shortened version uh, is, uh, when and going back to the, the start, it literally started with T work and hitting into radar guns. And that's really all I knew at the time. Then it went to blast, then it went to hit tracks, then it went to KVS, then it went to Rep Soto. And so as we integrated all this technology, we were like, man, like we know what these key performance indicators, KPI, um, what they are for athletes. We need to revolve around these metrics Uh, and build systems around developing them and giving them the tools to go out and compete with on the field.
0: Absolutely. And you guys have done that and you've created that system for these athletes. Um, But that, that also has created a lot of intake for you guys. You're getting so many people that want to come try out this new form of training, I guess you can call it. How has that been from a business standpoint for KPI starting only a year ago? being able to get so many people in and you guys handling it so well, has it been more of a struggle or it's just like, we just got to get it done. We just got to make sure that these kids are all right.
1: All of the above. I mean, it's been wild. So, I mean, we'll, we'll be one year old in two weeks, October 1st is when we officially open. So uh, it's been a, it's been a struggle since then on a few different angles, as far as like the move was brutal. Like it, it was tough and it still is. Like there's still little things that have popped up that we haven't completed with our move. Um, so it was a really tough couple of months. And we decided to move during COVID you know so that, that that was tough and we were having some permit battles with the city and that was tough and all the while we were still the head coaches of everything and then we were still the ones on the 400 percent of the time so um, our saving grace has been our staff like like we finally got to the point where we had a crew that could handle things and run our system and then we could step back at different moments in time um and that's taken a lot for me personally to be able to do that um because for the last eight and a half years you know i was a head coach of everything you know and then now it's been like okay i like, can sit back and, and run a business and then just make sure systems are being implemented so the demand has been insane you know we, we have you know we we're just talking yesterday about more people being able to run assessments besides dan because our assessments are booked out for a month right now uh, we've sold out every single thing we've done thus far so um it's been a wild and crazy year but then you kind of look at where we are and it's, it's pretty incredible
2: Yeah, I'd say the the other component on top of that, our staff as a whole, and we'll we'll go into more depth with our coaches. uh, We have amazing families. I think that's a with a a huge positive of Dove is that family-driven, relationship-driven focus, and so uh, the support of all the families, new and old, families who've been around for what all nine Nine years, years. right? Like all nine years, uh, their kids are still training with us. And then to that family that's brand new, loves what we're doing and wants to help us grow our business and and send athletes our way, uh, I think that that is also a huge component of this this growth. Uh, And it's, um, you know, I, I think the final component of that is we would not have the growth If the athletes weren't getting better and it's not a testament to us, it's not a testament to our training, it's not a testament to the tech, any of those tools. It is a complete testament to those athletes going and freaking working their tails off. Mm -hmm. And so we wouldn't be able to have a family go, hey, I saw so-and-so, he crushed it last spring. What would he, oh, he was at KPI, I want to go in, I want to get an assessment. So if the athletes themselves aren't buying into our training and training really really hard and getting better, none of this
0: happens, uh, I think, without that. Being able to see the progress is what makes them want to come back.
1: And that's yeah. really a differentiator for us and how, dif- how we separate ourselves from maybe someone who gives lessons or, or even a team environment for a certain, to a certain extent as we hold ourselves accountable to the numbers. And so I'm, I'm sure that'll come up in some future podcasts as far as like our systems and stuff like that. But yeah, we, 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 we show our work, you know, and we, show, we prove to everyone like, hey, this is how you're getting better. And then like Dan said, they go out and crush it on the field and then everyone wants a cup and that's kind of where we're at right now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So you talked about a little bit about your crew. You call your the KPI crew. You see it on the hashtags on all the social media. Talk a little bit about that. How did that start? I mean, you saw you said you kind of the business came booming and you had to get other people that you could rely on. So what were you looking for in that moment?
1: Uh, you know, we we got lucky with our crew. As far as the staff goes, and then obviously the athletes are the other side of the crew. But as far as the staff goes, you know, during COVID, uh, obviously minor league baseball wasn't happening, and so um, you know, Chase Chase was with the Cubs. And, uh, we had had on our future version or our previous version of this podcast, Chris lake on who's the Cubs, uh, hitting coordinator, um, on our podcast. And we had a great conversation and he told chase like, Hey, these guys are in your area. And might as well go see if they they need, see if they need some help. And, uh, we did. And so, uh, chase came on and just organically kind of morphed into him being the, uh, the hitting director. And if I'm being very honest though, you know, I've been pretty tough on hitting coaches throughout the years. And uh, that's the first one that stuck around <laughs> for more than about six months. So uh, he's fantastic, and he's doing great. And then uh, as far as Justin goes, um, you know, Justin trained with Dan. Uh, he's a Morgan Hill kid, so I know him pretty well. He played a little bit with Dub in the past. Um, and then, you know, he walked through the door and was like, yeah. Like, I was at that point in time, the, head, the pitching coach, while we're kind of opening KPI and running throughout the winter, And I was like, yeah, come on and kind of come help. And then, you know, he's so awesome that he's allowed me to, like, Take my baby, which yeah. is bitchy. Like, that truly is, you know, my baby. And uh, and just, like, I kind of just almost completely handed it off to him. Uh, Kaylin was working for Dan at ID3, and so she's been uh, she's been our hub and our, our band-aid for everything. She been fixes some pitching machines because we're not capable of it. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, she's, she's, our, she's our, our core, you know, and as far as doing customer service now and, and running the facility and stuff like that. And then curtis also kind of came through a contact with we, we had tiger peterson working for us who's uh in the same kind of COVID thing. he wasn't working during code so he's working with us mm-hmm. he's a cardinals minor league a double A hitting coach i think this year um and then he was friends with curtis and Curtis was going to go right and he just kind of came so curtis is now kind of leaning up that field and youth charge and and uh, so yeah this crew plus all the other coaches uh just happened from it w- wasn't like we were putting up job postings, mm-hmm. you know like it, it was just, just like it was connections and, and coming in the walking in the building and having Instant, instant success.
2: Awesome. Yeah, I think the, the the key piece, if we look at each of these coaches, uh, was playing experience, whether it was in softball or, or baseball, um, and that, you know varying degrees of levels and, and success and talent, um, and then I think the that open-mindedness, the d- desire to okay, hey, I have this is where where I got to, and I have this desire to make sure athletes get to that point, if not beyond. I want to kind of pass on my knowledge, but. I, I have an understanding, okay. This is what I know, this is what I believe, but I'm open to, okay, we, we need to continue to push ourselves and we have to have that growth mindset. We talked about a lot about all our coaches, and I think every single one of our coaches embodies that, where we all now, uh, it's like this web of learning back and forth, of talking about, um, you know, force plates, we'll probably an uh, entire podcast on how we utilize those. That's been a huge. Um, uh, change the way we go about things, or pitch design. I'm learning new things from Justin uh, and Cam too. Cam's been mm-hmm. a new uh, a new addition, and he's an absolute rock star, um, and has really really uh, enabled Justin to then get out of the nitty gritty of the the running the program. Uh, obviously, still on in floor, but mm-hmm. starting to get into creating our pitching system and, and making it even more robust of, of where what's been at. So, yeah, I think we, we've been very very lucky uh, with. Um, coaches and and I think that the, we've also had a lot of coaches who have been very patient with us we yeah. we are very very uh, are we we try to be as transparent as possible but we are pretty straightforward yeah. like, we're figuring this out as we go
0: being very like, genuine yeah yeah, yeah. like
2: I, I'm a strength and condition guy I'm not a business person <laughs> you're mm-hmm. a pitching guy I'm not a business person mm-hmm. uh, we're learning how to be leaders we're learning how to run a business we're learning how to be on the floor and, and not just manage athletes we know how to do that but then step back and manage coaches and make sure that, the, that they're doing what they need to do and being supported and and, and growing in the direction we're going, I, I definitely think that there's a, a level of luck that we've we've definitely run into.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, so kind of coming from the business standpoint, you guys are very into technology and a lot of facilities aren't doing that. They're staying away from it. They're kind of going old school because they believe that the data and all that kind of stuff can get mixy and you're not able to do a lot with it. You guys have taken the complete opposite approach and have said, give us all the data we can to try to help these athletes. And why is that?
1: Really, because Dan will explain this a little bit better than me, but it's just, it shows progress at all times. And where we've gotten to with our systems, and this took hundreds of hours of trial and error on Dan's side, as far as like figuring out these systems and building our systems now, is what is the most important thing that affects health and success? You know, and then we build systems around those things. And so, you know, for our hitting system, for example, we have our pre, pre pre-contact measurements that we know affect performance the most. And then we validate it with post-contact measurements. And so now we have this cohesive system that catches both sides of things and we're able to be like, okay, like if the post-contact metrics aren't working, we can change the program on the front end. And we just kind of have this increased cross validation going on. So the tech holds us all accountable. It holds athletes accountable, holds the coaches accountable. Um, and a lot of people don't like it if I'm being flat out honest because they're scared of it like have I been coaching wrong for the last 20 years if, if I'm an old high school coach like I don't want someone to come in here with a piece of with a computer and tell me I'm wrong well guess what like it's okay to be wrong like I, I've been wrong with things I've taught in the past so the, the tech kind of encompasses our approach of like hey like, we're going to be objective not subjective we're, gonna, we're not going to guess we do not guess in this building everything we do we can prove to you works in, a, in, in the system yeah. does that mean it's going to work 100% of on the, on the time in the field of course not but we know not with absolute but with strong generalities
2: that this, this is the case to be true yeah see so the, the I've said this to a recent assessment and I don't think I'd summed it up as well our, part of our mission is the only limiting factor that we want is your work ethic, how hard are you willing to work, and then your belief. Like, do you believe that you're going to achieve your goals? Like, if, if those are the only two limiting factors to your ability to get better, we're going to be in a very good spot. So that's, is, a,
0: that's a great topic. I don't mean to cut you off, but for these athletes that are coming into this building to KPI, that's something I think they need to hear. They need to hear what it takes to actually train here. Because there is a certain aspect that when you come in here, you're held to a certain standard. Now, granted, talent comes in all ranges. Motion comes in all ranges and sizes. But you're still looking for the effort and the attitude to be put in and not get doubted just because you have lower numbers than your friends. Because like you said, the numbers will show that. And don't get discouraged and keep working to build those numbers and that's what, kind of what your business plan is kind of in and it's the the
2: reason and this was another talking a point that i wanted to hit on is baseball as a sport baseball and softball are so subjective and we live in subjectiveness because it's easy mm-hmm. it's easy to go out and win tournaments if you just go to a crappy tournament yeah. it's easy to uh be either very successful or not very successful within the ba- the sport of baseball or softball uh, and so mm-hmm. we want to remove that subjectiveness because uh, we don't want this movie target we don't yeah. want Uh, I don't have any idea how good I am or I think I'm really, really good but I suck or I think I suck and I'm actually, you're really, really good or you could be really good and so if we make that focus of like, hey, the only things that are going to limit us is how are you willing to work? You know, I say this every assessment like 168 hours a week, how many of those hours are you putting forth to getting better? Um, and then are you going to will yourself into being a good athlete, into being a good baseball player, or softball player? That mentality piece is huge. And so I think that the data allows us and then the technology allows us to validate, but it also allows us to motivate. It gives us uh, indications to the athletes like, hey, that hard work you're putting in is it getting better in the things we know are going to give you a chance for success in the field. It doesn't guarantee it. And we say this to a lot of families, like, and I say this to every family on their assessment day. We do not guarantee any success here. Uh, because again we know the game is subject- subjective you could be the biggest fastest best swing throw gas sliders wipe out and you could go and an umpire says I'm not going to call any strikes today
0: mm-hmm.
2: or you could go and hit and you got a D1 outfielder who runs down every single ball in the outfield and you're going to be out every single time and you know it's just we know our process uh, will not guarantee success in the game it will increase your chances of, of success Now, having
1: said all that are all because we have some incredible athletes I train here we have top two pitchers in the state. We have a whole bunch of D1 commits. All those guys, almost to a T, are our harness workers. Like, it, it's not an accident. They're the ones that are in here the most. We have kids driving from over an hour away. So the, you know, the, the family down the street that says they don't have time to train, but then we see all these incredibly high-level athletes taking the time during the week to come down here and train, it, the proof is in the pudding. If you come in here and you work, you're going to get better.
0: It makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and
2: I think the, the last thing we can move on to the next talking point, though, Actions-wise, the way we implement this is every athlete has programming to do every single day Whether it's just their warm-ups and their arm care or it's a speed program to do at home uh, we, we give them all the tools again The only limiting factors are you willing to work and are you willing to to will yourself to
0: get that? And that's another thing I've noticed with your business model and how it works so well is that they come in and have the plan Ready to go a lot of facilities will have a kid come in and they don't know what they want to work on that day You guys have a scheduled plan for these athletes and being 16, 17, 18 years old, it makes it very easy for them to kind of, okay, what do I have to do today? Oh, it's right here on my phone. It makes it very easy for them to get the work done, be motivated to still get that work done. And also, obviously they'll have questions but like you said, your crew and your coaches are very genuine in helping and wanting to motivate that. And on your up right
1: next to someone that's ultra motivated as well, and you feed off each other. Yeah. So that's the magic right yeah. there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'd say the only, the only thing that we can definitely do in the
2: next one is the only thing that we will, will promise is the environment that we create with our staff and with our facility it will be top-notch and you will be in an in, in, in immersed in a bunch of people who are working to get better and coaches who want you to get better like that's the only thing that we have control over um, and we're gonna pump the music and we're gonna be chirping at you when you're, you're, you're trying to get hit out PR or, <laughs> yeah we're gonna get we're out there. There. yeah we're gonna we're gonna pump the, those, those positive vibes as much as possible your way and, and help that um, that willing you towards your, your goals
0: So uh, one more question before I get into the last topic. Um, So you guys had mentioned earlier, you guys had started with hands-on everything. You guys had created your own business, you had created your own business, and you had started from the ground up. But now you're kind of getting away and kind of hands-on with the business factor. How is that affecting you guys with your work? Or is that helping you kind of learn a different side? Or is it kind of hindering you from one side?
1: I mean, it's uh, full disclosure, it's been a struggle for me. You know, not going from being on the floor 100% of the time. I'm talking the floor of the gym, the floor of the baseball field, the floor of every tournament, you know, like being there 100% of the time to now being out there very little. Um, like, like we already explained, I think that our staff makes that really easy. Um, I'm viewing it as a new challenge. Like, like, you know, we've done these things, we've created these awesome systems. Now I'm going to figure out how to be a business guy. You know, again, we're going to figure out how to grow these things. And we're going to, we're, we're we're working together to kind of find our own little niche and running a business. And so, uh, again, it's organic. Like, like there, There's no, like, you do this, you do this. It's like, no, like, okay, like, put people in the right positions and then figure out our strengths and weaknesses and then move forward. So, um, you know, I, I would be lying if I said that, oh, yeah, this is no big deal. Like, it's been hard for me to get, that kind of control of the development side of things. But I also know that we've pounded our head and work so hard on these systems that they are trying to intrude and you just need people to execute them and they're executing them to a very high level outside on the floor.
2: Yeah, it's, I'm still in the that hybrid stage where I'm, mm-hmm. you know, probably on the floor 30 to 40 hours a week training, yep. working with athletes and then I'll obviously have all, all the different admin stuff. So, mm-hmm. I just right out in the mentality just to be a workaholic and, get and it it done. Done. <laughs> yeah. just get it all done. Just get it all done. Just do what has to be done. Well, that's yeah. that's I do whatever well, yeah.
0: Absolutely. So uh, going into the last topic, so KPI, we obviously don't want to stop here. We obviously want to keep growing with content, with athletes, with coaches. What's the next step for you guys? Like what does the future hold for KPI? Obviously, do we want to go into pro athletes? Do we want to expand our youth and foundation programs, building a fund? Like let's talk about it all. Let's all what All look goes into that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we we've, we've been meeting with some agents, and, and you know, the, the pro off season's coming, and there are a lot of professional players that are from this area. The Bay Area per capita is the pumps out the most major league players, uh, so they're here. Uh, they kind of scattered out. There's no there's no one around that does what we do. So the the agents that have come in have been blown away. Like like there's no one like you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're planning on kind of having that be more of a a feature for us uh, in the next few months is getting professional athletes in around the off season. So we're kind of taking the first steps in that. Uh, we want to expand our youth program a lot. You know, Dub started with youth, youth teams and it didn't have much chance. And we kind of built a foundation and let them grow up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since the flip in the, you know, we now predominantly train high school athletes. Mm-hmm. And, um, so since that flip over the last two three years, um, we haven't given a ton of attention to our youth program. But now we have Curtis running the show. We have some great youth coaches. Now we're going to kind of revamp that and, and get more youth in here, particularly during the spring when we don't have our high school pro or college athletes are all playing for their schools. so uh, having that be that time of the year where we just rock the youth world I think is a big focus for us as well. Um, and Dan can talk a little bit about our foundations program and that's the next big one.
2: It's so funny we, when I sit down with families and they'll have siblings like oh do you, do you train other athletes and it's like yeah we have rugby, lacrosse, field hockey, we've had football, basketball and really a lot of those Yeah, we had a race car driver a yeah, <laughs> local nice. uh, race car driver like like um, uh, it's actually easier to train those athletes mm. because, well, depending on the sport, but because the skill de- demands of baseball are so high, you take a football player and you make them bigger, faster, stronger. They're probably going to be better. field. Yeah. If you take a basketball player and you add two to three inches of vert uh, to their their you know, ability to dunk, okay, they're better. But you can do all those things and not just make a baseball player. And I've already kind of hit that point. Yeah. So our foundations program is purely focused on it's, been, it's kind of naturally going towards, okay, multi sport athletes. Okay, do you need somewhere to train, get bigger, faster, stronger? Um, athletes who are injured, if you can't get into our youth program or our foundation or into our developmental program because you have some injury, uh, right now they're becoming, you know, elbows and shoulder injuries are becoming really, really uh, uh, ramp. They're already rampants, but they're ramping up because. People are getting out of the summer and they think I'm going to take August off and September off, but then fall ball starts and all of a sudden I get hurt. Yeah. Um, our youth players are going into their growth spurts, so there's a lot of injury implications with that. Uh, we're getting to the point where we're getting um, orthos referring their patients to us. And we've referred, unfortunately had to refer kids to orthos, but they're starting to send uh, players our way because mm-hmm. we've, we've done such a good job with the athletes who have had to go through injuries. Um, that's what our foundations programs kind of turned it into. So we want to get into you know basketball, volleyball, football, like all those other sports because it honestly is much easier, and we have two weight rooms. Yeah. <laughs> we true. got three cages. Mm-hmm. We have seven or eight racks. Like we, we have plenty of uh, um, space for for those athletes. Um, so
1: our approach with the force plates crossover into other sports. is not a baseball thing with what we do with the force plates. Absolutely. So. Our force plates will increasingly become our hub of everything that we do in here and we have plans to expand that but as of right now, a football player, a basketball player, anyone can walk in our facility and we can plug and play them into our into our system based on the force plate data. It doesn't have to be baseball players.
0: For those of you listening, there will be more information on all the uh, technology that is used in the facilities and later podcasts in case you're wondering what Eric is talking about with force plates. Um, But that sounds amazing. Um, So there's a couple of things left. Uh, So remote training in second location. So let's go into that a little bit.
1: As far as remote training goes, it's something that we're dabbling in. Um, You know, it probably is, you know, we've taken on the establishment a little bit with this. The travel world and and the training world and stuff like that and and I think our next take on might be the the remote world because um, there's some big players in the remote world and and some of their former athletes are actually coaching now Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of um, disingenuous I guess with, with, with the remote world and so we're starting very slowly into that world and we want to do it the kpi way which is completely our way mm-hmm. uh the greatest product and the greatest value to that product so we do have i don't know three or four remote pitchers right now um uh, we're just again taking this really slow but as soon as we kind of master that system and, and we're really confident we'll, we'll roll that out on a much larger scale uh, because uh that's that's a market that is not providing a ton of value to athletes, but they're charging super high prices for it. So we're gonna we're gonna get there.
2: Absolutely. Yeah the the remote training um, the human aspect of, of this entire the relationship right yeah. is is super hard and COVID forced us to do it via yeah. Zoom. All right, remote remote was all you could do, um, and it's it's good enough depending on who you are. Uh, I think ours again the KPI way like that it was it's we want to do things and and take away and like, solve the problems that are issues, like big issues, communication for remote training, being able to, to speak to my coach. Um, and then the, the other is then the execution, the quality at which you're doing your program. How, how can we make sure that you're doing your deadlifts correctly the same way that I can watch somebody in the weight room, or you're doing your throwing drills correctly, um, where you're, you're not just going out to a, you know, a field and just doing your drills and you have no clue. Yeah. How can we increase the, the supervision component that remote doesn't necessarily allow to, to do? Absolutely.
1: And as far as like the, the second location and fielding, we are working on building the field, uh, which we hope will be incredible. Uh, so we're slowly but surely getting there with some momentum. Um, and then we have been approached about opening other locations already. Um, and we are open to the idea, but also cautious because we want to ensure two things. One, that we can repeat our system somewhere else. We don't want to just open a second location for the sake of opening a second location and just slap our name on it. Like just because it'll make you some more money. Exactly. Yeah, it's absolutely. a good way to fail and it's a, it's a good way to water down our mm-hmm. So we're very cognizant of that. And um, two, like, we have incredible systems here and we've built that and we've worked really hard on that. But the magic in here is the staff. So yeah, can we give someone else our system and have them try to copy it? Sure, I th- I think we're at the point where we could do that. But can we copy what happens on that floor with our no. incredible staff? I don't think so. Yeah. So we're gonna we're not saying no to second locations, but we are gonna do it the right way. And if we do, do ever do it, it's gonna be because we can. Those two
2: things will be in place. Absolutely. Yeah, the um, when it was back in '93, uh, kids would ask, like, "Are you worried about this gym? Are you worried about that gym?" And I go, "No. Uh, this sounds super egotistical, but the truth is, nobody can replicate me." no we replicate him or our staff we know that's the the secret sauce is your, the coaching staff their ability to connect with kids get them bought in and get them better nobody can replicate those coaches without actually stealing those coaches uh, and and so that that's that competition piece, or that ability to open a second location, we need to figure find more good people, more good coaches who who want to take on this mission that we we've already started, uh, and that's going to be our limiting factor for our second location. All those other things are easy to figure out, yeah. but but finding the right people, um, you know, when we went through our building KPI, I was like getting the right people on the bus. Mm-hmm. We need all the right people on the bus, and then once we get them there, getting them into the right seats, and then making sure the bus is in the right direction, um, you know, that's going to be a, that's going to be our next. Next week.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you guys for uh, talking today. I mean, you guys have anything last, any last points? You think we covered it at all?
1: No, look look forward to kind of this getting the podcast revamped. And we're not going to kind of treat this like a traditional podcast. We're going to do stories and we're going to do coaches' highlights and athlete highlights and, and really. Paint the picture of what KPI is, not just put out how smart we are and how much we know about tech. Like, right. we're going to have some of that, but, but we're going to bring people in yeah. to this facility and, and show what the KPI crew is and not just pump out content like
0: Absolutely, this. and there's a different side of genuine being able to see that when you come in person, but we also want people to see that that aren't able to reach us, and we won't be able to share that content like you said. But it's not just mindless content. We're not just putting it out there so people can see it and we get our views up. We want people to understand what we do and we want people to understand how it works. Um, so I think that was greatly said. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, be on the lookout for more content throughout the week. Uh, like uh, Eric said, the content is going to be there. Uh, it will not be mindless. Um, so please be on the lookout. Uh, podcasts will be up this week and they will be up every week after this. We're going to try to revamp it um, and give you guys what you like. This has been Talking Points with KPI. Uh, please stay tuned. Okay.
1: That's it. Nice. Awesome.